Hello, friend. Salutations from CARM. You know, we're in unprecedented times. Unbelievable. Now, I hope you are employing discipline, diligence, and strict measures for safety. And thanks for being here and for being a loyal supporter of the show. Now, you know, we create podcasts for the aftermarket in the hopes of expanding your insights and improving your life and your business. The trends and ideas we surface are timely, intense, in-depth, and well-rounded and aftermarket approved. Hey, today our guests are not novices to the podcast. They've been on before and they may have opposite beliefs and somewhat polarizing approaches, but they share the same excellence and passion together. One is a master tech and diag expert, while the other is a trainer, college instructor, and mobile diagnostician, and great in his own right. Matt Vonslow and Scott Schaden are not an odd couple, but do have their points of view to make as it relates to diagnosing pathways versus silver bullets. Their perspectives are undeniable, and to dismiss it would be incomprehensible. Before we jump into this excellent talk radio, I want to share with you the power of Shopware. Stop spending time chasing customers. Shopware's leading shop management system is helping shops like yours generate more profit per ticket with less time on the phone. Break away from your legacy system and implement a completely contactless workflow today. Get started at GetShopware.com. Yeah, I just finished reading a recent Apex 2020 blog by Bill Hanvey, president and CEO of the Auto Care Association. Bill titled this, We Are All Essential, The Power of Being Together. He makes several good points, but I especially like this one. Let's not just get through this together. Let's make the most of it by supporting one another in every way we can. You can read the entire blog from Bill Hanvey on the Apex website, aapexshow.com. It's under trends and resources. Find the talking points for this episode with Matt Fonslow and Scott Schotten at remarkableresults.biz slash E544. An extra little grain of salt in the bucket. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I just urge anybody that uses that, ask yourself, how could I have got there on my own? Thanks for hitting the play button. Carm Capriato here, the Aftermarket Podcast Guy. You know, Favor, I need four minutes of your time to complete a survey. Now, I think you know I'm always looking to improve. You know, I'm a tweaker. I think you know that. The more I know about you and what you want from the podcast, the better, better for you. RemarkableResults.biz slash survey or find the link on my homepage or on the episodes page on the side panel. Hey, if you're not listening mobile yet, get yourself a free podcast listening app at remarkableresults.biz slash subscribe. Now bring your open mind and listen in on Matt Fonslow and Scott Schotten talk about diagnostic pathing versus silver bullets because silver bullets don't sit well with Matthew. Hey, warm welcome to Matt Fonslow, Riverside Auto, Red Wing, Minnesota. Hello, Matthew. How's it going? Great, man. Scott Shotton's here, drivability guys, mobile diag specialist, college auto instructor, and what what else do you do? Yeah, um, car stuff. Okay, cool. Well, you and I, Scott, did a really cool show on Silver Bullets, a lot lot of listens. And um, I think Matthew called me up and he says, let me have at him. (laughs) He can have at me anytime. He's a friend of mine. I'm prepared for the uh, bludgeoning that might be... uh, Coming up. <laughs> there will so, be no bludgeoning from me. At least that wasn't the intent. <laughs> so based on my pay grade, I'm just going to sit on the side and let you guys have some fun. And every once in a while, if I think I know where you're going, I just may ask a question. Is that okay? 
You oh, ask please. as many questions as you want. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. <laughs> you know, I listened to the uh, the podcast. Uh, was it technically a for the record or was it just a regular interview? Yeah, it was an RRR. Okay, so the interview with Scott and Scott was discussing silver bullets. You know, I listened to it. I liked it. I agree with uh, most of it, but some of it just not not the podcast. Not the podcast, not the interview, not what Scott said, but in general, silver bullets don't sit well with me. And that's not to say I've never used one, but um, I feel like there's a big issue uh, or some severe repercussions with repeated use of silver bullets. And I saw, I think I see it mostly in my shop or the shop where I work at, where a tech will have a vehicle in for whatever the issue is. It doesn't even have to be quote unquote diagnostics like electrical drivability. They get to a point where they don't know what else to do. And they go to a database of some sort, name whichever your favorite one is or whichever one you don't like. They go to the database, build the vehicle in, your make, model, VIN, however. And then some answers or potential potential causes uh, are listed and they see that one of them is extremely popular, very common repair. That is the call or they, or they do go check it out. They use that as a, uh, a lead or some sort of direction. And then they go and inspect the vehicle and verify that is in fact the issue, make the call, fix the vehicle. And that might sound all well and good, but I think there's a big problem with that. I think the issue is something, and maybe I'm not choosing the proper term for this, but I think it has to do with a loss of pathing. My example would be, well, just whatever car, whatever your make model, it comes into the uh, shop. You take a look at it. It's got a check engine light and some drivability symptom, whatever it is. <clears throat> you pull codes you got this symptom, you take a couple cracks at it, it you, you can't quite figure it out. You go to the database, it tells you this part. We'll pick on a mass airflow sensor because they're fun to pick on. Yep. <laughs> Slam the map on it, it fixes the car, hurrah. Customer thinks you're a genius. Boss is wondering what took so long. Out goes the car. Everybody seems happy. Thousands of times a day this goes on. Yes. Yeah. And yes. it works 80% of the time, yay? The databases hit and they hit really, really well. I mean, they hit really well. Statistical thing, right? So if there was back to the previous podcast, a pattern failure, statistically, that whatever resource, you're going to hit it, but not 100% of the time. And I think that's where Matt's going is, you know, yeah. Am I, think am, am I right? Am I right? Well, I think that's the the long-term repercussion. Mm -hmm. I think that's what can happen is when now the database fails you. It doesn't have, either it comes up blank and like nothing, you've built the vehicle in there, put in the symptom, put in the code and it's nothing. And there you sit like, I don't know what. Well, if I, if I, if I came across wrong in the last podcast, the database or the silver bullet or the um, resources that will remain nameless, right? If, if, 
if that that's just a piece of the puzzle, well, a, piece, where I wanna... a piece of your path, yeah. right? So I picked on silver bullets, but that should really only be a piece of your diagnostic. I got my hands here going on my table going, yeah. oh, one, two, three, four, five steps, right? It's, it's only a piece of it. If I would put them anywhere in that process, it would be at the very, very end. Because uh, I've, I've had the techs in my own shop or the shop I work at argue with me that, that it should be part of the process. It's part of research. It's part of information gathering. And my argument is back to that vehicle with the math. It fixes the car. The problem is, is now you've not developed any way to get there on your own. You got there, you got to that sensor because you put, punched in a symptom, you know, built the vehicle and then took you there. Now, maybe in your memory, you'll go, okay, when a car has this symptom, I have to consider a mass airflow sensor. But the reality is, is you didn't learn how to process data that was given to you by a scan tool, data stream, by code set criteria, um, any, any anything else like scopes, right. exhaust right. gas analyzers, whatever other input that would lead you to that root cause, you've skipped over that. And most databases don't go through a process that says, okay, go on a test drive, watch these PIDs, and observe how they respond. Because that would be that would be you think about just diagnosing a mass airflow sensor with fuel trims. There's a there's kind of a lot going on and there's a lot of techs, a lot of techs listening to this right now. They do that every day with great success, but they have an underlying understanding of theory that gets them there. They know right away, is this an airflow type system or is this a speed density and how can I take this into account? Um, so right. where I'm going with this is that if it's part of the process of research, I think that should be moved towards the very end where your research takes you through a path and when it fails, if you end up going with the mass airflow sensor, as a shop owner, a manager, a tech, you need to consider time spent after the fact to figure out how to get there on my own or training, right? Training, 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 or involvement in groups, uh, having your uh, network of people to go to and say, hey, I had this vehicle in today. Long story short, mass airflow sensor fixed it, but how could I have got there without going to my database? Okay. And maybe now, just I'm, maybe Scott Shotton sitting there I'm, reading through this going, Hey dude, this is what you do. And, and they go, okay, but why? And it could, I might, I might disagree with you a little bit. Okay. If before you answer, it was episode 513 that we're referencing here. So if anyone wants to go back and, you know, scan up in their listening app, and when we're all done with this, uh, listen to 513, I think it may ha help us understand where we are. Sorry, Scott. Oh, that's right. No problem. Research. Would you agree that research? Uh, okay, my tagline on the end of my uh, emails is, if you know how it works, you can fix it. Would that be a fair statement? Generally. I mean, I generally, say a generally. lot of us operate that way. Right. If I know generally. how it's supposed to work. Yep. Right. Well, if you know how it's supposed to work, maybe that'd be a better way to say it. <laughs> if you know how it's supposed to work, then you can figure out what it's broke. Maybe I should change it. But um, yeah, so there's got to be some reading and some research. Um, you know, you got to know how the system works. You got to, and if part of the research ends up finding the, I'm going to use the term silver bullet, but 
It doesn't have to be a silver bullet. It could be description of operation, code set criteria, wiring diagrams, you know, all the stuff that you look at before you, you know, go to a certain point. My opinion is that should be early, whether it's searching Identifix or ITN, or again, I shouldn't name names, but but they're the big ones doing, out there, right? Right, right. I mean, they're the big ones, that, right? There, there's and there's and there's more. I mean, oh, that's yeah. not the point. It's the you know, get, getting that information. If you can, if you can get the information the first 10, 15 minutes, if, if Carm drove an 18, um, you know, Volkswagen that had a problem with an ADAS system, and I have never touched one of those, I would have to research. So I would read the factory service information. I might read all data. I write, might read Mitchell. I might, uh, you know, look up ITN, Identifix, whatever the case for me, I think that's early because you got to know what you're looking at before you diagnose it. Would that be fair? And I think what, what Matt might be saying is he brought up things like fuel trim numbers in a mass airflow sensor, right? The, the people that have been trained know what to look for, right? A particular fuel trim number is going to behave a certain way under a certain condition. If the mass airflow sensor is bad or if we have a vacuum leak or, what, whatever the case. And that came from experience, correct? I would correct say experience man? and then training, I, I think. And training, yes. Yeah. Big time. And then also the networking, right? Correct. A lot of this occurred. There's no way around this. We have to name drop this. This A lot of this occurred late at night on IATN chat. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of that learning occurred. And then reading forums. And now we have diagnostic network, the same type of thing where... You can spend a lot of time reading through there and you get some really bright people and uh, they kind of illustrate how they went about diagnosing something or they've figured out how the system really works through a lot of hard work. And now you can use that to your advantage. Save a lot of time or have yet another way to verify a concern. And the most important thing is to learn from it. Yeah, I, 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 right? it would be nice to come out of it not that fixing the car isn't important. I get that. But that seems to be like, you know, that's the showstopper. End of story. The car's fixed. What are you, you going to come at me with? Well, what about the next car and the next car and the next car? And I, I think uh, you can get too reliant on the bullets and uh, too reliant on that. I'm going to do this research, but really I could skip this, go right to that database, hit. And I'm not even saying calling the part right away. You know, at least try to look at it. And then when things don't go your way, where what do you have to fall back on anymore? Um, I, I when Scott and I were not talking about this on the phone, and it wasn't like this isn't an attack on the, his uh, interview at all or his position. Um, it's just maybe taking it further and. One uh, analogy I made, and it's weak because most of my analogies are pretty weak. That um, <laughs> it's true that I, I liken this to uh, GPS. That if we're in an unknown area, you fire up the GPS, whether phone or a GPS system, if anyone even uses those anymore, <laughs> and you just follow the instructions and it takes you there. But if you lose signal or the battery dies or something is wrong, road construction you're in trouble because you didn't look over a map. You don't have a lay of the land. You don't really know 
you know, you could argue you get so dependent on GPS, you don't really even know which direction you're going. Yeah, but you get close. It can get you close, but you're still heavily relying on it. Where if you, the old days, you'd look at that map and you kind of know where you got to be, where you got to go, you know, the, the topography of everything. Hey, this year, Apex will be more of an aftermarket homecoming celebration than ever before. Not only will it have all kinds of exciting new things waiting for you, but most importantly, Apex 2020 will be where industry colleagues, friends, and family reunite after this time apart, and together it will drive the industry forward. I know I'm looking forward to it more than I ever have because I get to see all of you. Until we get there, keep yourselves and your families and your businesses healthy and safe. Now, there's no place like home, and we can't wait to welcome you home in November at Apex 2020. The power of being there, November 3rd through the 5th at the Sands Expo and Caesars Forum Conference Center in Las Vegas. Register now at aapexshow.com. It's as easy as one, two, three. Shopware's shop management system allows customers to review, approve, and pay for repairs all in one place. Now, one, your customer views their outstanding balance. Number two, they are prompted to submit payment directly through their invoice. And three, Shopware's secure portal facilitates payments right there without having to open another browser or remember another password. It's really that simple. Shopware is your complete solution for contactless service. Let remote pay work for you and improve your customer experience. Get started today. Visit GetShopware.com for more information and to request a demo. Look, at, I'm a busy, I'm a busy tech. I've got um, eight cars to do today. They're all, you know, a diagnostic, uh, diagnostic work. That's what I do. And uh, I, I need this information. I need these bullets, if you will. Can can I survive with, like, for example, Matt, the training that you go to, the training that you teach, the you know, you know, scopes, you know, inside and out, is is a blended approach the right way in order to get all the work out? I, I would say. I mean, I have to say, I would fall into that category, right? But I resist it. I, I don't want to go to the database. So until, your, your passion is, I don't want to go there. I want to challenge myself first. It's not even so much the challenge. It's well, you want to practice your craft, all the things, you know, uh, and you, you want to keep the gray cells moving before you go out and, and ask for a, maybe a simple solution. Yeah. I feel like if I can process data, if I can acquire data and then process it, analyze it and come up with a, um, either a, a um a decision or a direction that puts me in a much much better position over the long term than a couple of very quick wins uh using the bullets which may you know again that makes me look really good and i'm destroying my time you know i you know i'm getting a diagnostic of you know an hour diagnostic time and i go to the database and i'm killing it until I start reaching into issues where either the database is wrong or non-existent. And now where are my fundamentals? Where are my, that ability to analyze data now is atrophied or non-existent. You send it down the road or you call a mobile dyad guy. That, and that's maybe what happens a lot, but you know, and this is the path of 
I, I just think it's a, it's a long-term dangerous path. I'm hoping that managers and shop owners and techs alike listen to this and think about it and go, okay, you know what? This could hurt for at first for a little while, but hopefully over time, it not it starts paying back huge dividends. And the database is always there. It's it's always there, and it might bail you out when you need it. Where you're just, I don't understand the system. I've never seen this before. There's no training available on it that I know of yet. You know, help me out, or I need ideas. You know, like almost like you ever watch a house episode where he's got. You know, the three other uh, doctors just firing ideas at them. And that's sometimes you need that for uh, enlightenment or, right? Uh, right? The, the way I see it is the the silver bullet, the database, the name them all, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's just another tool in the toolbox. And it really comes down to the approach. So if if I pull a car in the building... My situation is a little bit different, but if I pull a car in the building, I'm plugging in a scan tool. I'm doing a test drive. I'm you know, doing quality control. I'm doing maybe a pre-scan to find other stuff You know, for, for all the other shops, whatever the case. Let's just pretend this car has a check engine light on. I'm, I'm pulling the car in. I'm scanning codes. I'm recording some data. You plug a scan tool in, record some data. Okay, Record the data save it, do what you're going to do. And then when you go to the computer, um, I think my thing about silver bullets before is if you want to look them up, look them up. But again, keep that in the back of your mind as just another tool in the toolbox. Is it right or is it wrong? Doesn't matter. Just it's something to think about. Right. And I think as Matt was saying, um, you know, you're going to diagnose the car yourself anyway. So when it comes down to a TSB or something like that, um, I, I take it with a grain of salt. I still go about a, my normal diagnostic process, whether there's a TSB or not, go about the normal diagnostic process, look at fuel trim numbers, record a scan tool capture, whatever the case. I go about the, the logical process to diagnose the car, the, the databases, as I think Matt was calling it, the databases, an extra little grain of salt in the bucket. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I just urge anybody that uses that, ask yourself, how could I have got there on my own? Okay. No, if I could continue what I was saying, Oh, sure. If, if, Sorry. if I, if no, that's okay. <laughs> Sorry, Matt, <laughs> we're good. You can punch me later. No, no. <laughs> You might hit me back. <laughs> I'm a small guy, so I have to be a referee. Sure, be a referee. Damn. Oh, you said you want to be a referee. Now you're quiet. Yeah, there's well, going to no, be like three just, hits in that fight. I, I, I got hit in the floor. I'm going to have to. Gonna Ambulance hitting about 60 on the way to the house. I'm going to get my striped shirt. I'll be right back. Don't make me oh. call Pete. Uh, I'll, call, yeah. I'll call Pete. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I, I, frankly, I think Matt is trying to say you got to learn from this stuff and get smarter with every uh, either diagnostic path, uh, pull from your memory, get a silver bullet here and there, and continue to improve yourself so that you could almost internally say I'm relying less on that and more on me. I completely agree with what you're. What what maybe I missed what Matt said. Um, yes, because the longer I have done this, the less I rely on. TSBs and 
ITN and all, all the other things, whatever, because I've developed a, a skill set that allows me to diagnose the car and I might not need those. Should we call them tips? Yeah. Right. That, would that be fair? Tips. You know? I think so. Right. But any, anyone starting out or only five years in or whatever, they're going to need that. I needed it. I needed it when I was younger. Right. I've been doing this for so long. I've learned. They can help you learn as well. So did, did I kind of hit that? I think, I think so. And don't get me wrong. There's those vehicles that you will not fix without help. Right. Specifically from, you know, either somebody that already knows or a database. Matt, would you take, when you say there's a, there's a number one hit on a solution, would you immediately go to that and do the research? Or would you say, let's look at all three. So as I'm, as I go back to the vehicle, I go back to my data, I go back to my scan tool. I'm keeping, you know, a couple of them in my mind. Yeah, and, and depending on the database, and not even so much the database in general, you know, or the, the provider of said database, sometimes it's that specific hit or that the, the, the specific result. Sometimes they're well put together in that they do lead you through a process to this is what the system, how the system works, or this is what to look for and why. And then there's other ones where there's really nothing. It's just these fixed, you know, these are the results. This is what fixed the car and doesn't tell you why. Okay. And some of that's the provider of the database. Some of it's just that one result uh, for that symptom. They just don't have anything fleshed out yet. Um, But um, I guess where it occurs to me, there's just, there's vehicles that you're not going to fix. Uh, one comes one comes to mind, just, and it's old, of course. Uh, Chrysler's. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Okay. This is, these vehicles would come in, and they have a check engine light on, and they uh, set throttle position sensor codes. And when you look at your scan data through the scan tool, it reads wide open throttle, 5 volts. You go to the sensor, if you went that far and back probe the sensor and it would read an expected voltage, you know, one volt, 0.8 volts, something like that. And you'd verify your wiring. And I mean, this screams PCM, the PCM's bad or the ECM engine control module. It's, it's gotta be bad that the voltage measured here is not matched with the scan tools is displaying. Well, okay, maybe I got it. The scan tools misreporting it, plug another scan tool in, same thing. Order up the ECM, put it in, program it, same problem. What could it be? Check your power feeds, your grounds, firmware level, whatever you want to do. You're not going to fix the car. And it ends up, the issue is a clock spring. I would challenge anybody to make that creative leap that a clock spring in the, behind the, you know, in the steering column or in the steering wheel is causing the TPS voltage to read high on the scan tool, but not, you know, circuit wise. And it turns out there's a reason for that. And it, and it is internal to the module, the way the circuit board's laid out and how they're using IC legs. What happens is, is the clock spring shorts out internally and sends 12 volts in on this leg 
and overrides. It's a shared leg with the TPS and the cruise control. And that's essentially what causes the issue. If you've never seen that before, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Getting there without help. How are you ever going to fix that? But that's got to be a silver bullet way up on top of the list. Now it's probably not a silver bullet because it's probably so rare. <laughs> right. That, so why are that, we talking about you know, something so Matt, rare? Matt, Matt, Matt might be the only person that ever saw it. I think the reason we're talking about something that is so rare is, you know, where, where do you go, you know, diagnostically? You know, would a silver bullet have helped you in that case, Matt? Oh, it did. Are you kidding me? It did? So <laughs> Yeah, I didn't so, figure that out on my own. Okay. <laughs> Are you right. kidding me? All right. All right. So so the silver bullet, okay, did you go to source X and there were twenty people that said this is the problem? Or did you find one oddball check this? Something you never tried. Uh there wasn't a whole lot to check short of unplugging the clock spring. So yeah. But, that was so what, let me guess, one person led you that way. Yeah. Right. So he lives near really you did, too. Okay. I probably know who he is then. Probably. Anyway. <laughs> so the proof is that these are really, uh, really important, especially if someone posted up a case study, you know, Hey, this happened, right? Yeah. Well here, you know, uh, go, go into what Matt's saying um, and going to what the previous podcast was that the, the silver bullet's a tool and, um, Identifix does a, a decent job of telling you this is the fault. Here's how you test it. That's the important part is to research and learn and make it part of your diagnostic process. So now Matt's example, he might not have got there without the help of, and I'm assuming in this case, your network. Yeah, right? 100%. Right? Yeah. Um, so networking with people, whatever the case, it's, it's, it's the different resources. But still, you didn't automatically, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't automatically go, oh, it needs this part. You went and did the test based on what you were told by your network or your, yep. right? So you went and proved it to yourself. Yep. Yeah. And then right? it took a while to figure out. And again, I didn't figure it out. Um, that's a, that's a crazy one. That's a great one, by the way. Yeah, the deep deep digging. He found some uh, supporting data uh, from Chrysler of all people. Not pointing really? to that issue. You know, it wasn't like a bulletin saying, "Hey, if you run into this, this could be the cause." But he found in a training manual a mention a of this IC leg. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's just <clears throat> uh, Scott. Did uh, did Matt get his point across here? I think so. Yeah, and I, I think too. Maybe going back to that question you asked me, I don't know if I answered it so good, but when you get to the, you know, you, you're looking at this list, those top three. Also ask yourself, how, how could I have got to those three? Like looking at the car, what it's doing, I get to, you know, presumably you have a scan tool in it and we're really heavily focused again on, you know, the diagnostics. Diagnostics, it, it, right. You know, it could be noise, vibration, harshness. It could be... It's squeaky brakes. Yeah, whatever. noise, knocking noise out of the engine. You know, it doesn't doesn't stop at just drivability. But, um, you know, ask yourself, when it's listing off these three components or scenarios, you know, it's not always a component. Maybe it's a bad ground, something like that. What What would have led me to that? You know what I mean? Like the, the first time um, I remember uh, kind of getting spanked on a 
high idle. Yeah, high idle on a Chevy pickup, TBI, so it's speed density. And, um, you know, I was trying to figure this thing out. I'm very young at the time. I think I was, God, I might have been 19. Had no idea what I was doing. About 20, 22 now. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It was yesterday. (laughs) It was killing me. (laughs) And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. There's no way around it. I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, I remember somebody kind of mentioning like, hey, you know, idle air control could cause that. And I was looking at the idle air control PID on the scan tool. And, you know, the update rate back then was just so phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But watching it, it was zero, right? But I had a high idle and I had an IAC idle air control motor ran all the way in. So I thought maybe it wasn't actually run all the way in. So that took me down a path. But I realized, I learned uh, accidentally that on a speed density system, idle air control motors run all the way in. If it's legitimately run all the way in, that's a good indicator of a vacuum leak, which now is like super common knowledge, right? I mean, we, yeah. everybody kind of knows that. It's been around the block now. But at the time, I had never been in a, you know, none of my college courses mentioned that. Uh, I had yet to be in a, um, a, a, a technical class, you know, uh, independent or whatnot after, after work at night, instructor led training. I've yet to been in a class that mentioned that. So for me, that was like a big deal. And I, I would say then if I had gone to that database and it listed off idle air control, you know, vacuum leak, something of that nature, if it doesn't list off in anywhere in that result, how to figure out what it is short of, you know, looking at it, or just making the call and slamming, you know, substitution analysis by putting in the new component and seeing if it fixes it. Uh, That has lent itself well for a long time. Here's what I've heard. Your training and the training that you've committed to and your network is probably tops on your list of being able to approach a problem, your experience through all these years and the learning that you have from it, and then uh, find three bullets that uh, can round out the solution. Is, is that what this discussion has been about? Experi- training, experience, networking, and bullets? Put them all together? and uh, Well, we, we shared a couple stories. We yeah. had some fun. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm like... How would I approach a diagnosis, a path, a diagnostic path, right? Um, And there's a bunch of techniques. If you go get a master's degree in education, there's going to be things like, uh, I forget the name of the guy who made the theory. It doesn't really matter. It's just a, a train of thought, right? And you plug all the tools in. So the easiest way I like to think about it is you could do this with a piece of paper or you could do it mentally, Make yourself a list and use process of elimination. Okay. I'm sorry. Bloom's taxonomy is what I was thinking of a second ago. Okay. You learned um, that at ASE. <laughs> uh, I learned it at the college. So, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> right. But my, my point is for, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're green and you're coming into the industry or you've been there for a long time. The easiest way to do this is I'll give you an example to illustrate it. Right. We got a car that comes in with a check engine light on. Okay. We'll go process wise. 
you're going to plug in the scan tool first, pull a code, right? Put the lights on, you're going to have a code. You're going to pull that code. You're going to save the data. You're probably going to test drive the car. And let's just pretend it's a lean code, PO171. Let's keep it simple, right? What's your process? All right. So you go and you gra- grab the data, store it, save it, right? Don't lose it. Write it on a piece of paper, save the screens, whatever the case. Go do your test drive and you start looking at things that Matt and I have alluded to, you know, field trim numbers, you know, the stuff that you learn through training and you grab all that data. All right. My goal is to grab as much data as I can early and quickly and without much dirt. Would that be a good way to say it? Right. I don't really want to pop the hood if I don't have to. I will have to at some point. Right. We gather that data and then you get to the point where you make a list in your head or on a piece of paper. This has a lean code. So it could be, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, a fuel pump, a vacuum leak, a, you know, there's, there's a long list of things we could plug fuel filter, right? We could, we could make a big long list of stuff, make that list in your head. And then with the data, start eliminating things. And if that, you know, TSB leads you down the right way, it's a logical, logical process that comes with training and sometimes TSBs, sometimes resources, shall we call it that, right? But it's, it's still the logic, the, think more and, and diagnose the problem. Don't just jump the gun. I think you said something a minute ago, Carm, where if you had these three bullets, and maybe that was the wrong word choice, but three bullets, I'm like, uh, don't jump at the bullet. I think that was the point from the last podcast. Are, are we okay with what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I understand. I don't know uh, how Matt feels about that, but what I was just thinking about is what would I put in my toolbox and, you know, this commitment to, to perpetual training and I don't care if it's online, which is really big right now, or if it's leader led and we go back to, you know, really getting in a, in a classroom and then doing more hands on. Right. And, and, and just everything that you're constantly learning. I mean, Matt, I know you're so proud of the fact that you're you, you want to learn something new every hour of the day and you want to add it to the, you know, to the cash in your brain so that you can at the end. Well, I, I did this on my own. I did this. I, did, I didn't have to go anywhere to figure this thing out. I mean, I, I think you have that level of pride in everything that you do. And that's, that's why I, I'm not saying that you shy away from, from the databases, but I think that's, that's a secondary thing for you, right? You know, they talk about what's your why. And uh, I'm in a BNI network group. And, uh, you know, last week was, you know, what's your why? And for your 60 second commercial, it was supposed to involve why. Why do you do this? Why do you do this? And everybody in my group, they're holding up pictures of their kids or their wives and families, whatnot. Did you hold up a picture of a picoscope? <laughs> I'm like, I was doing this long before I had kids. Sixteen or a wife. Yeah. I'm like, I don't do this because of them. I mean, that's why I negotiate for, you know, hopefully a better paycheck and benefits or whatnot. But that's not why I do what I do. It's not for them. I do it because I think my why is I want to know how it works. I want to know what's really going on. This is way not about me. I really don't want this to be about me. This is about everybody, everybody that the, I worry that there are long-term repercussions to relying on a database that you need to hit the training. You need to network, be it 
social media, be it person to person at uh, training events, however this occurs and people that push you, not, you know, you know, dial the phone. Hey, Scott, I got this car. It's doing this, this, and this, and this. Well, I've tried this. I've, I put this on there. I put this on there. I try program this. And Scott could be a good friend and say, hey, dude, call me back with, you know, have you looked at this? Tell me what this is. And he'll show me the, a path. And then if I call him back a couple weeks later with a different scenario and it's the same questions, he might not. At some point, <laughs> he'll just stop answering the phone. So do you guys feel good about what we just talked about here for the last 30 minutes? I think so. I think if I came across the wrong way... Um, I don't think it has anything to do with episode 513. No, I think no. it was just motivated Matt to have a completely different perspective or point of view, which is healthy, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, agreed. And I wasn't even thinking about it that way. Like, I don't think if I pissed off Matt, he'll, uh, you know, give me a hard time later. You know, not, you, not know, you probably deal. pissed off people that aren't even here to even if, face you. <laughs> well, if anything, it inspired me. It, it was just, you know, it, I got to thinking about it and it right. just kind of stuck in the back of my head. And then, you know, a couple of uh, interactions at work and it's working on me like, ah, no, you know, yeah. I don't like that direction. I would rather you put off this, learn more about this and how to get there or at least get in the general area on your own so that now when you do break down and go to the bullet. Okay. Oh, okay. I, you now, know what? Now, now let, let me go back let to me, the car. Let, let me, let me say this. The, the bullet could also be a learning tool. Could that be fair? Yeah. I, I, but I think you have, right. Like you mentioned earlier, the, the individual kind of makes that choice. Right. So let it be a learning or, you know, inspire them to learn. It's a tool in the toolbox. I didn't mean it to be, um, you know, an end all be all end all, you know, I didn't, I didn't take it that way. I, no, I, I, I know you, I know you didn't. I know you didn't. Okay. We're gonna have to do part two. Thanks guys. Uh, Matt Fonslow, <laughs> Riverside Automotive, Red Wing, Minnesota, Scott Shotton, Drivability Guys, Mobile Diag Specialist and uh, College Instructor. Uh, thanks guys for being here. And, uh, Wow, uh, I learned some. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.